morning, everybody. Glad to see you all looking so bright and happy. All those who haven't had breakfast will have to wait now until they have lunch. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. We're broadcasting from ScottCast headquarters in sunny Hamtramck, Michigan, with fan favorite Ian Dixon. The underdog Sneaky D is currently stuck doing Pilates in a sensory deprivation tank. Today, we're talking about my trip to scouting locations for ScottCast City in the mountains of Boulder, the newest addition to the ScottCast media empire, the Detroit Songwriter Dispatch. You can subscribe at DetroitSongwriterDispatch.com. And Master Charles' new role in the government of Scott Cast City and his Twitch channel. How you doing, Ian? Did you like that intro? Was that it was good? nice. So kind of let us know what to expect. and Yeah, without revealing too yeah. much. Maybe for Master Charles that was a big reveal, a little bit. Well, I don't know. He, well, he should he should expect good things. Yeah, that's right. Master Charles, really, of any any, I don't think any podcast in the world has ever treated one of its listeners better than Scott Cast has treated Master Charles. If Scott Cast has a legacy beyond an underground city that preserves humanity for the rest of existence, it's Master Charles's happiness. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I went to Colorado. Over yeah. the, a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to scout some locations for Scott Cast City because, yes, we we're going to have the our mainstay underneath Amtranic, uh, where the hole is currently being dug outside. I'm about three feet in. Mm-hmm. Three feet of Scott Cast City currently exists. It's a very small city right now. It's the world's smallest city. Scott Cast City is breaking records all the time, and. I went to the mountains of Colorado because I was thinking to myself, you know, we could dig underground or we could burrow into a mountain. Would that be easier or harder? It's hard to say, but I feel like like in the Lord of the Rings, the dwarves, they always have these nice little dwarven burrows, these little dwarven, uh, what do they call them? Mines. They Mm. call them a mine. They have these beautiful little mines, and they're sculpted wonderfully, and they seem to be nice, bustling little cities when they're not overrun by orcish creatures, and orcish creatures don't really exist yet. So I feel like I feel like a, a big old mine with the first Scott Cast City might be good. It'll have all sorts of resources, all sorts of ore, iron, etc. Mm-hmm. We won't have to dig down. Instead, we can just dig across. True. Settlers and stuff like that who want to come into Scott Cast City. We'll be able to see it from afar. It's not like they're looking for a hole in the ground, mm-hmm. which could be good for the apocalypse for the recruitment part. And it's in Colorado. I think it depends what kind of hellscape is going on, like on the rest of the face of the earth. Yeah, like we might want to be a little underground as opposed to horizontal. Okay, so walk me through it. Does that? Do you think that the hellscape will be something that? the mountain can't protect us from, or we shouldn't advertise our existence in the hellscape? A little of both, especially if we're, like, resource-laden. We don't want uh, people coming in and taking what they please. We want the best of the best. we got to be able to vet. we got to be able to vet. But I think if we had good enough doors, right? Yeah. Good doors, because we're building a wall right now, and that seems to be good enough, right? And if 
what's better than a wall, but a mountainous terrain. I watched an entire Penn and Teller episode that dealt mm-hmm. with uh, the wall back when they were first trying to build it under, uh, I think it was Bush at the time. And they had a little skit where they had Mexicans build the wall, and then they had Mexicans find a way to get across the wall, over the wall, through the wall, and under the wall. Yeah. And they timed how long it would take. It took about six hours to build their section of wall, and it took about six minutes for them to get through the wall. Sounds accurate. So I think a wall is a bad idea for Scottcast City, but I don't think I don't think people can burrow through a mountain that fast. I just really don't. I think burrowing through a mountain, especially when you're in a post-apocalyptic sense and you can't mm-hmm. contract out caterpillars, you can't contract out drills, you know, large ground drills. Do yeah. those exist, by the way? I'm sure they do. Like, I've seen it in Armageddon. I've seen it in Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Mm-hmm. And But I've never seen it in real life. I've never seen someone, like, burrow through the earth with, like, a drill car. I don't think they have a drill car. I want a drill car. I think, I think that's because I've been shoveling for days now. Yeah. Only gotten three feet down. That's not even a grave. It's not even a grave. It's a shallow grave. Yeah. Which is where everyone else is going to be during this apocalypse. So we're not even distinguishing ourselves from the rest of humanity. True, true. Yeah. So I went to Colorado. It was a good time. I got to drive a Jeep Wrangler. Sabelle had to get a rental car, and she decided to get a Jeep Wrangler, and I love Jeep Wranglers. I don't know why. I I think it's because they're distinctive. Like, if you take a look at any vehicle around driving modern they all kind of look the same. Even mm-hmm. Teslas, they're hard to spot until you see the, the symbol and realize you can't hear them driving. Right. But a Jeep Wrangler, you could spot that from a mile away. We got in the car, and I was so excited to drive it, but we were driving over the plains beneath the mountain from Denver to Boulder, and apparently the wind is extremely strong mm-hmm. with that. So the wind was like pushing us around because the Jeep Wrangler is just a box on wheels, basically. Right. So the wind was pushing us around, but I'm proud to say that I was an excellent driver. I made it all the way from Denver to Boulder without crashing it or veering it off course or um, interrupting people's commutes too much. You said it right that time. I did? <laughs> I said it right? <laughs> I was wondering. I was actually I was preparing up for that word, and I was wondering if I was going to go for the right one or the wrong one. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering which one was which, and I had to pick kind of a 50-50. I didn't know. It was a commute. It was a commute. I'm not even sure what I said a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a commute. Commute. You did it. Commute. I'm, I'm working on it. It only took 44 episodes or something like that yeah. to get to that point, and here I am. I can say commute like with the best of them. It's wonderful. Like I don't even think I need. I don't even need that therapy that you were talking about with your kids. That we need to that that if they're uncomfortable talking, they can just start saying nonsense. Wasn't that a thing that you did? Is it? I don't remember that. You were. We were talking about that. It's 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 recorded. Some of the Scott Castigators are cringing in their seats right now. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh my god, fan favorite Ian Dixon doesn't even remember the own shows he's on. Is he some sort of alcoholic? What was the context? Uh, the context was I was afraid. Oh, it was with speech therapy. We were talking about speech therapy and how 
we, as kids, we could barely pronounce things. We couldn't do R's right, stuff like mm-hmm. that. We had to go to classes and stuff. Yeah. And, and then we suggested, hey, if you feel like you're getting crazy, getting off track, if you can't pronounce words right at the moment, just start saying nonsense. Just go, mm-hmm. you don't remember that? You might be an alcoholic. I can imagine how I would have said that, but maybe my point was different. Your point was different. That's that's Scott's that's Whatever. But, I mean, I'm the dictator. I'm the supreme ruler. Yeah. Of all, so I feel like my opinion is the one that matters most. But if it's inaccurate, I kind of worry for the future of Scottcast City mm-hmm. and the and the nation that I'm leading. Should I abdicate my leadership and just become more of a more of like a god king, where people just kind of feed me and take care of me, and, and everyone else does all the hard work? Wasn't that the plan? It kind of was, but I wanted I wanted to be able to make laws and stuff like that. But yeah. if instead of doing that, we have to just get lock lock me away and you know just treat me right, and so I don't throw a tantrum mm-hmm. because I just don't understand things enough. Maybe that's what we have to do. Like you can put me in an isolation tank, like David, doing all his Pilates and stuff like that. You had a great idea before the podcast. That if David didn't want to spend X amount of dollars going into an isolation tank and preparing for 40 minutes before he gets finally settled in and then has to come out and dry off. Right. That you would make him a tank. Absolutely. You think you yeah. could do that? I think everything that David did while he was in the tank were things that would have worked to help him feel relaxed without the tank. Right. Like he did stretches, so. exercises. He... He did mind exercises. Yeah. He did breathing exercises. So I don't know if the tank uh, added or subtracted from his experience. I think he could have just done all that. I think it subtracted because he he literally got salt in his wounds. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's true. I think I think if you just blocked out a room, would you block out like your study? Probably, yeah. Do the study, remove the stimuluses from it, stimuli, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, trash bags would work. Yeah, just black out the windows, make it totally dark. Um, it's probably not the quietest household, but could get him some, like, noise-canceling headphones. Yeah, and, like, a, a little, some audio, like, of white noise yeah. or, like, the ocean. Yeah. Rainforests. Birds going, ca Stuff like that. Yeah. Exotic birds. Yeah, and that would be it. We just make a, a room for him to hang out in. And if he wants to pay me $40 or whatever, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think I think that's a great revenue stream for you. Between Jonesy Clonesy's and the and the study isolation tank, just with it's just which is just hefty bags duct taped to the windows. <laughs> I think I think you got That's Spencer all profit there. right there. Yeah. You know, you got your you got your day job helping the youth of Detroit. And you got your little side gigs, cloning animals and distracting David. Yeah, from himself. David needs this, I think. Right now he's right now he's somewhere, somewhere over yonder, probably thinking about this. Probably thinking about how much he needs to he needs to isolate from the world. And I think you, I think I think what you've proposed is what he needs. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really do. So I went to Colorado. Got to drive a jeep around. Mm-hmm surveyed the mountain i mean there's plenty of space under the mountain this is true yeah so that's good it was a pretty big mountain very fresh air 
very clean air. We got to see buffalo, which I I was 50-50 whether or not they were extinct. Mm-hmm. I always assumed buffalo were, were extinct because uh, of all those photographs you see in the history textbooks where, where it's the guy standing on like a mound of bodies, like with a cowboy hat and a right. yaw grin. They used to just ride on trains and shoot buffalo out the mm-hmm. out the window, and the buffaloes were just like, hey, what's that? Yep. Do you ever you play Oregon Trail when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, I played lots of Oregon Trail. you just do hunting forever and get, like, thousands of pounds of meat, and just, you can carry 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> and then dysentery. Gotta love that. So, Oregon Trail was probably one of the most accurate games there's ever been yeah you know you play it and you usually die and if you win it wasn't a good time and you wonder (laughs) why you did yep like what motivation did people have to go all the way across the country with a wagon with wooden tires carting a piano kyle's yelling what motivation do people possibly have i don't know i'm not a history buff i'm about making history i'm not about reading history do you think do you think someone could start a new civilization without understanding history they could i don't know that they could make a successful one without some knowledge of past failings what what bars them from that what bar what about the past feelings do you think because i feel like every situation's new right you can't possibly learn about every single situation by reading historical contexts Maybe you. Maybe it's better if somebody. I mean, there's there's novel aspects of everything that's going on, but we kind of repeat the same mistakes a lot. Stuff stuff happens over and over. What if you had like a total kind of simpleton, not necessarily an idiot, but somebody who's just who's just very kind, very simple, lives kind of on their own, and lives almost in a bubble, mm-hmm. like a wolf child or something like that. Yeah, and you brought them to the front of your community and you were like wolf child i want to, i want you to lead us because everybody else here the the politicians the shop owners the citizens mm-hmm. everyone here has some sort of skin and some game mm-hmm. already and if they, we put them in charge they're just going to set the game up so that they win right yeah but you you're just this simpleton wolf child you don't have skin in the game you will probably set things up in some sort of manner that makes the most sense because you're just gonna you're just gonna do oh okay well well let's just do that oh oh well let's just be fair to everybody oh well let's just do the most practical thing i feel like the wolf child is you think the, best. The, the wolf child who's been isolated from everyone and everything yeah is gonna have the most empathy and be the most fair yeah i mean maybe empathy is too much maybe having empathy as a leader is too much to ask because how can you possibly have empathy for dozens and dozens of people let alone in millions you know like how can you like like there's people with 19 kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that there's no way that that mother can keep track of 19 kids and that's what leading a community is about, in my experience. Hmm. It's like leading a bunch of children around, getting them underground. And I feel like the wolf child coming in from the wilderness with only the way of nature in them. Well, that's the thing. All they know is survival. And well, what do we need? But they, I mean, unless they're in a pack, then their survival depends on the others. But I don't know that, they, that people extrapolate that way. I think I think I think I, think I was kind of thinking about this today. Okay. I think that beliefs are dangerous. Beliefs. Beliefs. Uh, what kind of beliefs? Any belief. 
any any belief like i believe that windows there i believe in science i believe this maker's mark is pretty tasty are those firmly held beliefs that like impact your life impact my wallet <laughs> so a little bit yeah so what i'm saying is like because i got in this trap again of reading uh facebook comment oh threads. geez we got a comment thread i sorry ah oh, i mean i, I went off facebook i think i should delete it mine it's just what what was the thread i don't remember it doesn't matter it, they're all the same that's true it was it was sort of a general observation that um you participated in the thread no i didn't okay um in the face of obvious evidence if that conflicts with your deeply held beliefs whatever those beliefs are mm-hmm. you can't accept things that are obvious and that's a problem it's strange how much cognitive dissonance really screws mm-hmm. with people really fucks with people i have this other podcast where i can't swear so now i'm like <laughs> having to switch between the modes but yeah it's strange how this cognitive- is a dirty one this, this is the this is the crazy dirty explicit podcast this is the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission otherwise known as scottcast here we say things like fuck and let's wonder about the end of the world so and bat dick and bat dick which we'll get on to later but so the, this cognitive dissonance like they, they get a fact and and their main job if it if it inspires if it doesn't, cognitive dissonance if it doesn't fit their worldview they need to dismiss this fact somehow yes fake news yes uh, this is that's why you you didn't research it it's better to just not believe in anything better to just not believe like the wolf child you're open to new experiences you can accept people where they're at it doesn't have to like impact your 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 ego or your sense of self and sense of the universe I think that's what we need. We need more people who just go with the flow. They kind of accept different perspectives, and no one has to be right or wrong. They live with the knack. What's the knack? Well, you need to watch The Hunt for the Wilder People. I do. It's a fantastic movie, but Sam Neill explains the knack as, as the ability to survive and, and do things and do what you need to do without much thinking or, more importantly, talking. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he catches... He catches this giant eel, and he, and he does this face at Ricky Baker. That, that's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, right, I caught this eel. And that's when he explains the knack. And and then the knack becomes like a bonding moment between them later when uh, Ricky Baker himself, in a situation that's dire and needing of the knack, uses the knack and reunites with them. Okay. You need to, you need to watch this movie. It's a fantastic movie. So you're you're saying that... People have these beliefs, these mm-hmm. inf- informed beliefs, with tribal affiliations almost, where the where you've got this side that's that's saying these that's that's putting out putting out stories, putting out putting out ideas that. Well, let's use like flat Earth as an example. Flat Earth, yes, the world is flat. Where does that shit come from? It's it's based on like mythology, right? I don't know what it, where it came from. Besides maybe YouTube. Like where the modern flat Earth movement came yeah. in, like there's this modern flat. Well, it Earth It seems movement. like it's flat, and we made stories about. It doesn't even seem like it's flat. Like if you look well, at any true. horizon, <laughs> if you go, yeah, if you go to an actual place and think about it, then no, it's not flat. And we yeah. have tons of pictures of the planet from outer space. We know it's not flat. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of evidence, and then there's these people who insist that it is. They insist it's flat, and they believe it's a government conspiracy. They believe that people are covering it up. Mm-hmm. They believe that 
all these things that the bigger big flat earth big earth or big round earth big paleo stuff like that because get this bunch of shills somehow someone's benefiting from our thinking that the world's not flat right but how do they how do they get to that tribe how do they what what leads someone there like what why do you need why do you need to hold such a controversial oppositional belief to something general do you think it's would would it be possible? How do you think that they're like it, saying these things because because they're they they genuinely don't like reality? Could be like they have a bad life or a boring life or or they feel inferior in some way and they need a way to feel like something hinges on that belief. Yeah, they need to feel like they know they're they're in the know and other people don't understand and they're superior somehow. Um, but yeah, just. How common do you think that is? That that it gets to the point where it's delusional. I think I don't want to say all. <laughs> I don't want to say literally everybody, but <laughs> I think uh, when you have a belief that's that, like your your sense of self is that uh, invested in it, that that's a danger, right? Because you don't want to sacrifice your sense of self. You right. don't want to. You don't well, want to go through the, the your your whole worldview is based on that mm-hmm. belief. And if if that's not right, then what the fuck are you doing? Every, right. Everything's willy nilly. Yeah. Helter skelter. Helter skelter. Like everything. Like imagine if one day somehow the news gets to me that Scott Cast isn't a revolutionary broadcast. Like, how much do you think that will fuck me up? <laughs> <laughs> like, how far down the rabbit hole of, of of anxiety and mania do you think I'll go down if, if someone somehow tells me that we don't get millions of listeners a week? I feel like we do. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you would react to that. I think you're kind of doing your own thing, regardless. We're, we're making the city. We are making the city. You know, and if you want to join Scott Cassidy, I mean, we've we've got we've got a government set up. We've got we've we've got citizens. We've got a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You know, all this is coming coming together, and that's that's as real as it can be. We're about to release uh, our our citizen police force uniforms. Oh, that's right. We're about like tonight. I'm dedicating my night tonight after we finish this podcast up to finishing the Hamtramck Avengers logo. So we can put it on merch. I feel like I'm going to make every single bit of apparel that there is. I'm going to make a Hamtramck Avengers version of it. So like a shirt, a hat, leggings. I'm going to put the Hamtramck Avengers logo like on the thigh or right on the ass or something like that. Okay. Uh, Socks. Why not? Sweatshirt. It's getting cold. Yeah. Getting cold in Sunny Hamtramck. We're going to want we're going to want to bundle up. So do you, what would you get? What kind of... I'm going to get all this merch. you get it all? Okay. I'm going <laughs> to... De- definitely t-shirt, probably socks. Okay. I might get Bronwyn some some leggings. Okay. Well, Hamtramck Avengers leggings. Yeah. You guys should like go out on the town. <laughs> just fully decked and... Tackle people against dumpsters. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not even doing anything wrong. Who cares? <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Don't challenge my cognitive dissonance. For God's sake, it's my firmly held belief that you stole that tip jar bunny. Right in the dumpster. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fantastic. Very exciting. Where were we? We were talking about beliefs. We were talking about beliefs, deeply held beliefs. We were talking about how Scott Cast itself, like, is it 
a delusional belief of mine that I keep potting like this, that I keep investing into it, that I'm like, you know what, double down. Because Julius Caesar, when he was just starting out in his career in politics, mm. he was essentially a community organizer. And this is this is how he did it. This is how he, this is how he rose in the ranks at his at that particular stage. Mm. He he was in charge of basically keeping the populace happy. He was in charge of keeping things going, keeping keeping things keeping things jovial, making sure people didn't want to revolt and stuff like that. And what he but he also wanted to influence popular opinion to his favor. Mm-hmm. So what he did is he took out extreme, extremely large loans. He took out uh, all this kind of stuff. He went into an enormous amount of debt. Like, he went into debt that in today's terms would be like, let's say he makes 50 grand a year. And within that year, he spent a half a million dollars. So he went in an enormous amount of debt and he put on parties. He put on festivals. He put on public works and stuff like that. He put mm-hmm. on everything he could with out of his own pocket to make all this kind of stuff happen. And the idea was he over-invested so that people would remember him, people would know him. And that's kind of what we're doing with Scott Cass. I'm not spending a half a million dollars, but we are potting very regularly and very intently yeah. with the expectation that that our audio will reach critical mass to the very few very important listeners, very important Scott Castigators. And from there, our identity will be solidified as, oh, these are the harbingers of the new era. And eventually, I will be the king of the civilized world. So I think it's, your belief is driving you to good things. Right. And so long as you can accept other points of view... There's no other point of view, is there? Well, I mean, I think on the show we... We do a good job of exploring avenues and how things could be interpreted, and we don't really... It's been said that we don't take hard lines on things. (laughs) That's true. The one time we tried... (laughs) (laughs) It it was actually... It it actually turned out to be one of our best episodes, Mm -hmm. most critically acclaimed. On the iTunes store, when you look at the episodes, they, they kind of rate all the episodes with this... Um, with this obscure kind of metric, this meter, basically, that just mm. fills up all the way, or it goes part way. And for number 24, Shovel, That's Your Gift, it is always maxed out. People listen to that all over the place. It's the one with the most plays. It's the one that people talk about the most. The Scott Cast Media Empire logo has a shovel in it because of that. You know, And that was because we tried very hard to come to a definitive conclusion on things. In which we didn't do it. Yeah. And that's how Scott City, Cat City was born. So maybe we should be trying to be more hardline. And maybe we never get to that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe we never actually get an opinion solidified. But maybe that's not the point. Maybe people are stopping too early with their shitty little opinions. And they're, and, and they're blocking themselves with cognitive dissonance. And they're like, oh, no, anti, I'm anti-vaxxer and that's who I am. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I believe in this. I believe in B. I believe in C. And then they, because they decide that, they attach it to their personality and they attach it to their sense of being. Mm-hmm. And they never achieve the greatness of Shovel That's Your Gift, where you strive very hard to come to a definitive conclusion that's real and authentic and 100% true, mm-hmm. but you don't 
shake on the idea that maybe it's not. And because you're not shaking, you keep striving. You keep climbing. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Oh, good. That's what we need. So we've come to a definitive conclusion on that topic. (laughs) You can... Beliefs are okay as long as you can accept that sometimes what we believe is wrong. And you should uh, be open to other evidence that might challenge your beliefs and uh, be able to evolve your beliefs. Well, it depends on your standard of what the truth is. Because the truth, in my opinion, is impossible to Some get to. Some things don't have a truth, yeah. It's, I think for most things in life, the truth is literally impossible to get to. The 100% God's honest truth is always difficult to get to. Even when you're like just trying to mem- remember something from the past, even a year ago, like, well, our memories are fucking terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I do last year? I don't know. I barely know what I did this morning. Yeah. You know? I don't remember what I ate. What's the first thing I ate today? I think it was, I had myself a latte at Cafe 1923. And one of them little orange citrus chocolate chip coffee cakes. Okay. Okay, so that one was pretty good. I'm pretty sold on that one. But at the same time, did I have a glass of water today? Do I count midnight? What did I have after midnight between midnight and now? Or mid- between midnight and that coffee cake. I have no idea. Maybe I got up. Maybe I took some Ambien and, uh, and, and just went crazy. Well, you don't remember any of that everything. shit because your mind is working properly. You're filtering out the stuff that's the bullshit and trying to hold on to the right stuff. But sometimes the, the things that we remember that are important, aren't we don't always remember them correctly. I feel like, for me, I take my memories of my past and I'll hold something to a certain high regard. You know, like mm-hmm. a, like a past relationship or uh, or something somebody said to me, and and I'll hold that as a truth, as a holy kind of mm-hmm. sacrament in my life. Like maybe not necessarily religious, but it feels almost spiritual. And and I feel like when put to the test, like let's say revisiting re- revisiting this person maybe later, or revisiting notes from journals, you mm-hmm. know, of the of that era. Uh, it's 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 like you're discovering it was completely different, and then like oh, what happened between A and B? Well, I, I happened, mm. and I don't know. What is it wrong to have a memory like that? I mean, no, clearly it's, it's not. It's like having a, a different vantage point. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Hmm. Sometimes uh, when I'm working with families who have a hard time communicating, I will uh, draw a little picture. Oh, and I, this is not what I do because this would be inappropriate, but let's say I drew something like that. What do you see from, from where you're sitting? I see a nine. I see a six from where I'm sitting or who's right. Mm. Me. Why is that? Because I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's called Scott cast. Damn it. (laughs) We're looking at the same thing. The same figure, we're seeing it differently. Right. What if we switch spots? What if we switch spots? Or what if I flip this around? What do you see now? I'd be like, why do you, why do you have your notepad backwards, dumbass? The spine is towards you. Put it back. It was nine. Now it's six. Now it's like a ladle. Now it looks like, now it looks like a shitty Big Dipper. There you go. Why are you drawing shitty constellations at me? That's like what growing up is like. Shitty constellations? You started up here, and then as you grew... Your, your vantage point changed. It's like revolving around the sun. So you're looking at the same thing, but you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You have more information because you've gotten all of where you've moved from. 
Do you think that's why old people act a lot like children? Because it's a circle around a vantage point? Could be. And like, like they start here, they start at the top of the hemisphere. They realize that everything's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, eh, fuck it. Like, when, you, when you're a baby and you don't know anything, you're like, everything's bullshit because I don't know anything. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you age and you get a little oh, bit of information. Oh, this is really important. This is important. This is, oh, my toys are important. Oh, oh school and the, my relationships are important. Oh, money is important. Oh, oh, oh my career is important. Oh, oh, my retirement's important. Oh, oh, it, it's all bullshit. Oh, fuck it. Oh, what is everything? Oh, my God. And you're back at the top. There you go. And that's why reincarnation is such a strong belief across the world. It only makes sense. You know, once you're old, you're just a baby again. You might as well just go into another body when you're dead as a baby. It's like a nothing to nothing conclude, like transition. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I believe in reincarnation now. Okay. Now that's, now that's a firmly held belief. Man, how would Scott Cassidy change? Oh, it would be like the Dalai Lama, the head of Scott Cassidy. Mm. Like Scott becomes not just my name. Mm-hmm. But a lot like Caesar, where where it's like it becomes a holy name. Yeah, like the emperor is now Caesar. The emperor is now Scott. Can we facilitate the reincarnation? Like choose a vessel. Like choose a vessel. Like like a. Could like you become parliament? a di- Could you become a, a dinosaur turkey monster? Man, I wish I could. I mean, honestly, like why couldn't you? From the mouth of Scott, that's where I would go <laughs> if I could choose. If once you die and you get reincarnated and it's not like uh, some sort of weird karmic, uh, oh, were you bad? You're a caterpillar. Were you good? You're an elephant. Something like that. It's not this weird, or cow. Mm-hmm. It's not this weird karmic attribution thing, but more of like your spirit's driving around and you get this crazy sandbox mode for a little while. And you're like, you're driving your spirit around and you're exploring a little bit, but you get tired of exploring. So you have to choose a vessel. I would pick the turkey dinosaur monster. Mm-hmm. Because that just sounds amazing. Like you're at the height of evolution. You're genetically modified by the world's most insane species. And your entire purpose in life is destroying other underground civilizations. Like, that's what I would do. I would cut my teeth, obviously, being a turkey dinosaur monster. Mm -hmm. Like allowing myself to invade other underground cities and eviscerating their populace. Yeah. But once I've had my fill of that... I, w- I would uh, reprogram one of my dinosaur robots to burrow through the earth and go to Scott Cast City so I could sit upon my throne once again. And I guess I'd, I'd, I'd find my hat, is what I would do. Yeah. And I would wear it. And you would know it's me because I have the Scott Cast hat on. I saw a news article. I'm going to see if I can't find it. Made me think of you. But when, oh. I, when I read it, it was not as exciting as the headline made it seem. Well, the headline's always the best part. Um, there it is. So there's like a, the oldest known Neanderthal skeleton was like a child that they found up in, uh, where is this? In Poland, apparently. Poland. And, um, further analysis of the bones revealed that it was, uh, eaten by a giant bird. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Good for you, bird. That is wonderful. I'm so glad that happened. They couldn't tell from the skeleton if it was murdered by the bird and eaten by the bird, or if it was scavenged by the bird. I mean, I was what 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 pointed so the bird? When I, so when I read the headline, I thought dinosaur bird, dinosaur bird carried this child off, killed it, ate it. Right, um, Quetzalcoatlus. So it was a child Neanderthal, child Neanderthal, and dating to 
somewhere between 52,000 to 42,000 years ago. Oh, my. That wasn't too long ago. Not very long. It wasn't too long ago. You know what I heard? Like, like originally, like the like the traditional date for this phoenix is that it, no, not this phoenix. What the heck's this phoenix? For the Sphinx, the traditional dating back for the Sphinx is four thousand years ago, mm-hmm. right? But new evidence suggests, and by new it means like a couple decades old. It is in fact four thousand years older than that. So we got the Great Pyramids of Giza and stuff like that built four thousand years ago, or something like that, and we got. The Sphinx built a further 4,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for the ancient Egyptians who were living 4,000 years ago, they were looking at the Sphinx being like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) That thing's old. (laughs) (laughs) Let's build shit around that and base our civilization around that. And the people who actually built the Sphinx, who the fuck knows who they were? It was probably aliens. Yeah, that's kind of the the Sun Ra take. Sun Ra has, has, has opinions about the Sphinx, or just the ancient aliens? Um, so, black people are actually... The Sun Ra take... <laughs> <laughs> the Sun Ra take is that black folk are uh, actually aliens who came to Earth mm-hmm. and established these civilizations, and that they will return to uh, explore the universe. Okay. Look, that's the Sun Ra tank. So, like, and this is Africa. We're talking Egypt's in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, and since the space, well, I mean, is there so was old, there was multiple uh, empire. I don't know if you call them empires. Um, Races of aliens, civilizations, civilizations. Like, I guess you'd call them empires within Africa. Like Egypt and Nubia were different things. They were like a, opposite ends of the Nile. Okay, yeah. And so they thrived during different ages, and they had different resources. Mm-hmm. They interacted some, um, but yeah. That's like Egypt is the empire that we think of when we think of that country, but or that continent. Right. Sorry, but there was multiple, and then like on the other side, the um, the western coast there, there was lots of uh, other civilizations that were thriving. So it was it was a vast uh, vast his- region, a vast history that we don't get enough of in our education system here. I mean, there might not be. I mean, truly, I mean, like, like the fact that it's only been so recent that people realize the Sphinx was actually twice as old as it was. Like, what kind of history can we even get from that place? Like, what would the what would the what would the classroom look like? What would the what would the curriculum well, look I like? I had, I don't know, like anything. Like, I didn't get exposure to that until I was in college. That's true. Yeah, like, like they should at least have some sort of lesson, some sort of test that's like. Hey, like world history is world literally history. like World War Two. <laughs> That's world history. Yeah, they just did a Google search for world and events, and World War Two came up because it has the most Google pages. But like for real, I feel like the course should be the what's the itinerary curriculum? What's the word for that? Syllabus. Syllabus. The syllabus for that course should be like, hey, what do we know about ancient Egypt? And if someone writes anything besides, I I really don't know, you fail. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta understand the ancient history, stuff like that. It's very, very... I mean, that's like... It's, it's, worse, it's almost worse than our actual memory. But that's the cradle of humanity. Like, we all it emerged from there. That's right. Every, everyone can trace their descendants eventually back to that area. Correct. And... 
Another interesting point, though, I don't know what it, how it necessarily relates to the region, but it does relate to tracing your history back that I recently came across. Apparently, there was a cataclysmic extinction event, near extinction event, I mm. should say, uh, 10,000 or so years ago. So this is after we killed all the Neanderthals being like, ha you suck, you're getting eaten by a bird, you're stupid. <laughs> and after that, there is this massive volcano eruption mm. that almost wiped out the human species. And so every human on this earth, like we make fun of the Adam and Eve people, but every human on this earth can literally trace their bloodline back to about 40 breeding pairs after this extinction event. Mm-hmm. Like right around that same time that volcano, volcano erupted. So like there was a point in time where the human population was literally brought to the bare minimum of populace. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it regenerated. And every single person listening to Scott Cast right now is a descendant of that superior, I don't want to say race. <laughs> but, but technically it is, kind of in a way. Uh, but like that, that race that survived mm-hmm. that cataclysmic extinction event. That, that race that lived on, that didn't get choked out by volcanic ash. Well, or it would be a extremely, species. A species. Yeah, it's not even, yeah, because it's the entire, it's the entire yeah. organism, yep. right? It's the, everything in this species. So we are all a part of that. And I want to I speak to that aspect of everybody listening to Scott Cash right mm-hmm. now. That, that, that bloodline, that aspect of your bloodline that survives extinction events. And sign up for Scott Cast City. Okay, come on, bring your shovel. Because we're coming right back around. We're going to get back to uh, giant, soon. giant bird monsters eating people. Yeah, it's going to happen Scott's again. Scott's going to be one of them. And I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Proudly. Um, we also talked about Sun Ra, so we might as well plug that show for free. Why not? Um, they're, well, Sun Ra Orchestra is playing mm-hmm. at L Club. In Detroit? Next week, I think Wednesday. God damn, I can't find it. Yeah, it's, I think it's Wednesday next week, or Thursday or Wednesday next week. I know it's next week. Go see it if you're in town. See it if you're in town, It'll if be you're a, a Detroiter. Time. If you're one of our Detroiter Scott Castigators. Sun Ra himself is long deceased, but... Uh, Since 93. You know. He's an anti-capitalist, isn't he? I imagine so. Okay. It's, it's more of like an implication of his ideas, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I mean, he's not, though. I don't know. Well, I mean, how many? How much are his, are the tickets? The tickets are kind of expensive. They're like forty. That points to something. Thirty, forty. That points to something. Yeah, but it's also very limited engagement kind of thing. I mean, how how much longer can the Sun Ra Orchestra keep keep jazzing it up at this point? Just logistically. That yeah, I'm not sure. It's hard to say, but with that plug, it does uh, provide an excellent segue. Into the latest member of the Scott Cast Media Empire. Oh, so let's talk about it real quick. The Detroit Songwriter Dispatch. I started this uh, podcast up with the uh, local Hamtramck and Dave Tunyas. I'm not sure if he's on the Scott Cast dole yet. Maybe he will be. But this entire podcast is dedicated to promoting the songwriting talent within Detroit. You know, while there is a Detroit. Yep. Because I feel like Detroit has some of the best songwriting talent in the nation, at least locally, in, the, in that kind of sense. Like people say, like Nashville, people say, like New York, people say, like LA, but all the people who go there are always expatriates of their own current town. 
mm-hmm. and it seems like they're there for the industry. And it seems like the only reason why those cities are acclaimed as such is because people move there for the industry. It's only because that's where money is that people say, oh, this is the songwriting place to be. But Detroit is not like that. No. Detroit, the songwriting talent is here because it's here, because cause it, for, some, so for some reason that's beyond my understanding, it, it, it produces artists of exceptional value who, who, are, who are fantastic lyrically, who are fantastic mm-hmm. melodically, who work very hard and do it for, purely for the love of their art. So my thought starting this podcast was... Let's get these guys together. Let's let's promote everything they're doing. Let's promote all the stuff they are doing in town because, let's be honest, they're bad at marketing. They're very good at songwriting. Mm-hmm. They're very good at art. They're very good at thinking in this, this kind of way. They're very novel and enterprising, intelligent people. But they're also very humble, and and they're also very, uh, and, and to their and to good credit, drawn away from social media, drawn away from promoting like themselves in that mm-hmm. kind of sense. And it's difficult to promote yourself that's, as an individual that's artist. That's kind of the Detroit spirit, though. Like, mm-hmm. work yourself hard, mm-hmm. take pride in what you do. Um, but we're not boastful folks. We're pretty humble. But somehow I am. <laughs> <laughs> and And that is where I bring value to this great city. Yeah, I I am the I am the connection between these beautiful Detroit songwriters and and the rest of the world. They don't want to boast. They don't want to. They don't want to go crazy for them for that. And I will do it for them. I had a, I've started up a website. We started up the podcast. We have and the idea is it's a weekly newsletter podcast that just says all the events of that week. Uh, you sign up at DetroitSongwriterDispatch.com. You just enter in your email, and you get a nice little email that says all, all the podcast subscription links for whatever pod platform you'd like to choose. And, 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 and it also has the week's events for that week. And mm-hmm. every Monday morning, that's all, all I send out. That's the only time I'll interrupt you with an email is, and a podcast download is every Monday morning you get all the events of that week from that Monday on to Sunday. And that happens every week. And that is all it is. There's, we, there's talks of making like a premium option and I'm finding a way to do that in a way that's not like, Hey, give me money. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm also organizing it in a way that any money that is given to that organization is, is used purely for advancing that organization and the songwriters within it. It's not a profitable thing. I'm setting it up as an L3C, which is a low-profit, limited liability company. And it's basically like a non-profit, but mm-hmm. easier to set up and easier on taxes and stuff like that. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I set up this website, and I, and I worked really hard on it. I try to make it very simple. And, and, and I use this uh, concept where you use JavaScript, and you go to the website, and it loads, and and in the in the monitor, it's basically three slides, right? Mm-hmm. You got your first home slide, and you scroll up, and it goes to the second slide, and you scroll up, and it goes to the third slide. The first slide is the sign up, do this. Second slide is, hey, who are we? And what's our social media? And the third slide is uh, the latest episode. And it uses this concept called scroll jacking, which Master Charles recently tweeted about after Mm. i worked so hard making this website and he tweeted this he used the clap emojis which i hate 
I detest the clap emojis. Mm-hmm. And his his little statement on Twitter was stop scroll jacking your websites. He does not like scroll jacking. I don't know I don't know if he came across Detroit Songwriter Dispatch mm-hmm. and, and was like, you know what? I'm gonna subliminally tell Scott from Scott Cast, stop scroll jacking your websites. Or if or if he just encountered this in some other aspect, some other thing. He's a graphic designer. He's in web development, so he has mm-hmm. opinions like this. And uh, and I'm, I'm I'm putting the challenge down. I'm throwing the glove down. God damn it, Master Charles! Why don't why don't why don't you tell me what to do? Take a look at DetroitSongwriterDispatch.com. Sign up. You know, join the dispatch. Get the downloads. Check out the downloads. Uh, purchase some albums from Detroit songwriters which you've abandoned. And and tell me why I shouldn't scroll jack. So I, I'm putting that challenge down. And uh, with that, we're at email bag. Email bag again. Who could it be from? It's from Master Charles. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Master Charles, he brings up Scott Cassidy. Like the most recent episode we did. Mm-hmm. We determined that we needed a government to do all the minutiae. Yep. Because I'm a dictator who's very, you know, low involvement. So he... Ex- and so I, uh, I volunteered him for a position, right? You did volunteer him for a position. And he wrote in, he says, I humbly accept my position in the government and will absolutely wear the bat suit every day. So there you have it. All right. We have our first official in ScottCast. So I figured we'll, we need to give him a title. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Colonel. Okay. Seems, seems Colonel Master Charles. Seems seems good. I don't I, like. Uh, maybe it's too much. Maybe it's too many titles. Like I don't want to call him Colonel Charles because his that's not who he is. He's Master Charles, right? And I don't want to just keep him Master Charles. It's like then he's just Master Charles, you know. And he's kind of set up his name. He's lived with it for so long. He's lived with it li- at least since middle school that I remember. He was Master Charles since middle school. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his AIM username. I don't know if that was where it originated, but uh, that's. That was his original name, and and he's just kept it since then, Master Charles. Okay. I think he had, like, a MasterCharles.com, and that's what got me, in, like, into web development in the first place, hmm. was he showed me this website that he made, and he had it all. He's a graphic designer, I think he says on his profiles. But he had this uh, website way back when, and it had, uh, it was colored up like the Matrix Black mm-hmm. and green. I think it had a matrix background with all the numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. It had links to all the funniest things in the world to him, which included something that I showed you just before the Scott cast. <laughs> now you know why I showed it to you. Uh, forehead shape cut. Yeah. What did you think of forehead shape cut, Ian Dixon? Um, I don't know that I have any coherent thoughts about it. I don't think anybody does. That's not really what it's for. It was, uh, it's an experience. Yeah. It reminded me of things, but I can't That's say what exactly thinking. what. Yeah, what what exactly did it evoke? What maybe like I know we've already talked about how memory is so elusive, but did it like evoke the times before YouTube, the times before fast internet when when the the closest thing to entertainment you could get was flash animations and bad audio? It gave me the uh the flash flashbacks, yeah. Flash flashbacks. <laughs> Adobe flashbacks. <laughs> 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 oh, 
precisely. Yeah. I miss those times. People were more creative back then. Nowadays, it's just everyone kind of just steals each other's style. Mm. But uh, when it was like that Adobe Flash randomness shit that was going on, uh, it was painstaking to make that shit. I remember that because my buddy Mosier from Clarkston, uh, he had this... He had a project he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and like Mosier's thing, he the, the project was you have to make a multimedia thing to do with Romeo and Juliet or something. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to do a Shakespearean scene and uh, produce it. And I think the idea was everyone needs to get a camcorder from the media room and and I don't know, just make a scene, right? Make it happen. And his idea was like, I'm gonna one up y'all bitches. <laughs> And I'm going to learn Adobe Flash animation, and we're going to animate it. He put me in, and he made me do... I don't know if he made me do it or if I just did it anyway, but I did like a I did like a B-Rad from Malibu's Most Wanted mm-hmm. kind of impersonation, uh, like the white boy wannabe rapper from Suburbia. Yeah. And, and uh, he had David. He had David on to do... Uh, underdog David, Sneaky D David. Mm-hmm. He had him on to do some like scottish accent or something like that some like heavily accented thing like he was horatio or something like that and to this day when next time we have sneaky dion we're gonna make him do this like he can do a perfect beginning uh scene i bite my thumb at you sir he can recite that entire first act verbatim with accents and and Different accents for different characters, and <laughs> <laughs> why? Why have I never seen this? <laughs> right, like we need to reenact this. Like Mosier started it, but you know Mosier's doing other things right now. He's at U of M. He's I'm still trying to get him on the podcast, and he's he's at U of M. He's learning to be a physicist, mathematician, master. You know he he knows like two languages, Arabic and English. He learned Arabic in nine months. All this kind of crap. You know, so he's doing all that stuff because he always kind of kind of wants to challenge himself. But I'm going to bring this project overachiever. Up to him. Yeah, he's an overachiever, hundred percent overachiever. <laughs> it's bullshit. Like I feel like an overachiever when I don't think about him, and then I think about him, and I'm like, I'm an idiot with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so we needed to get that going. There's a second email though. Okay, guess who it's from. No idea. Master Charles. <laughs> Send another one. <laughs> uh, his, his, his email. I just wanted to point out, this is during the podcast I did with David about mm. Inception. Yep. Sensory deprivation tank. I just wanted to point out that at an hour, 22 minutes, 17 seconds, Scott says, possibly, possibly, mm. an R, possibly. I told... I was with Sabelle when I got this email. Yeah. Read it out to her. I did a little analog Scottcast email bag. And she started laughing immediately Mm -hmm. because she's like, I remember you saying that. (laughs) (laughs) So the timestamp wasn't even necessary. So like, did Scott say that? Mm, Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Heavily possibly. (laughs) And that's just it. It just harkens back to our earlier discussion on a, Speech patterns and stuff like that. You know, I feel like I'm doing good. Sometimes you've had some whiskey. Sometimes I've had some whiskey. (laughs) And things don't come out how you intend. I think think sometimes I'm dead sober, haven't had a drink in weeks, Mm -hmm. still say stuff like possibly. Yeah. You know, sometimes my mouth 
doesn't want to work at speech. Like my brain, it's pushing it out anyway. Mm-hmm. My brain, let, let's talk. My mouth, eh, eh, whatever, half-ass it. I think I did that today, too. What did you do? I was just, it was like some stupid small talk. I was like wishing someone a happy weekend. and <laughs> I was like, that's the least sincere happy weekend you'd ever be able to do. <laughs> like you can't even pronounce the words and you're just like, yeah, whatever, happy weekend, whatever, fuck, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Master Charles. Yes. Uh Master Charles actually has his own broadcast. Like he's not, he he doesn't just sit in an empty room and listen to Scott Cass okay. and like you know bite his fingernails and wait wait with bated breath for the next Scott Cass. Yeah, he does his own thing, but he does something that the kids do. He does Twitch streaming. Mm-hmm. I watched Twitch stream last night. Yeah, uh, how did it go? It was interesting. I never, I didn't comment. I didn't make myself known. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to watch. I wanted to lurk. You didn't want to steal his, his spotlight. I don't want to steal his spotlight. You know, I didn't want to go in there, and then everyone's watching him game. Everyone's hearing him talk. Everyone asking him questions. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I didn't want to go in and, like, be like, hey, I'm Scott from ScottCast. <laughs> and then have, like, the comments, like, just flood his screen. He can't even see. See, Twitch streaming, for people who don't know, is when people play a video game on their computer or something, and... They stream it online for people to watch. People watch it for some reason. And there's a little picture-in-picture display in the corner. And you talk to your audience. You get little, you get your comments. It comes up on the screen in a nice little unobtrusive manner. Like Master Charles, he, he tends to read the comments aloud when they come in and then respond. He's very, he's very cheerful and gleeful about it. He's very nice about it. He's not like us that castigates everybody who talks to us. You know, I don't think we'd work well on Twitch. Everyone yeah. would be like, you're an asshole. <laughs> but, you know, that's why we pod, when we, where we can curate the content as best as possible. That's right. So we pod here. We actually get, like, tons of emails, but just everyone thinks we're assholes except for Master Charles. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we know we're doing good. It's like that is a measure. That is a measure in a way of success, isn't it? Like I'm waiting for that in my other podcast, the Detroit Songwriter Dispatch. Mm. I'm waiting for somebody to come on or email me or talk to me or something like that and just shit talk it. Yeah, I want that to happen. And once it happens, I'm popping some brandy or something like that. Do you pop brandy? It's not a popping thing. It's champagne you pop. Yeah, brandy's like uh, just. A liqueur. Liqueur. Anyway, point is, I'm celebrating as soon as someone says that. Because I feel like, I feel like, given a certain critical mass, there is always going to be some honky jealous of you Mm -hmm. at some point. Scott Cass reached that a long time ago. There's millions of honkies all over the world totally jealous of Scott Cass. And and they want to be like, they get on and they're like, Scott Bradley's better. Or like, <laughs> or, or or other things like, why would you do that? Uh, or like, you're never going to survive the apocalypse. I've got a way better bunker. Well, well, bunker, you're alone. We have a civilization. Go home to your little bunker. Enjoy your Campbell soup for the next seven weeks before you die. <laughs> That's what I don't understand about underground bunkers, right? Mm. They they 
stock up on Campbell's soup. It's like a dingy ass concrete thing with with one hanging light and shitty shelves. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're just gonna live in that for twenty years until I hope it's good to come out again. And like, what's your existence now? What's your life? Twenty years of someone's life is like what? A, like a fifth of it? A fourth of it? A mm-hmm. third of it? A third of it at that rate? Yeah, third to half. That's part of my concern about the mountain. That's your concern about the mountain. Well, I know there's lots of space, but like we don't know what what our extinction event is necessarily. I was predicting that the sun would just burn us alive, that, which is which is reasonable, <laughs> and that would that would be sufficient for that. Yeah, but if if there was some kind of like nuclear wasteland, uh, you think the radiation would seep into the mountain? I think we would need to consult someone about how thick we need the rock to be. That's right. We do need to do more hands-on research into this. It seems like we're just talking out of our ass about Skycast City. We're giving this thought. I am giving this thought, and we are giving this thought. Was there another site we had in mind? We have salt mines. Oh, that's right. Yes, we do. In Detroit, there's a very... Uh, Sabelle, the number one Scott Castigator in my heart. Your heart, too? Because Brian isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> she listens by proxy when, I'm, when I have it on. Okay. <laughs> She's like, oh, Jesus, he's listening to himself again. <laughs> but uh, Sabelle, she's, she's, a, she's a photographer, photojournalist. Mm. And she's been itching to do this piece on the salt mines in Detroit for the longest time. And uh, while we were in Colorado scouting out places for Scott Cass City, uh, she was like, hey, Scott, you should tag along in the salt mines underneath Detroit. And I was like, only if Ian could come. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to have Ian. I got to have Ian here. And we need to plan our city. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the, you're the head of the government. You're the head of pretty much everything. I'm just the head of you. Like, I'm the head of one thing. You're the head of everything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> well, it's just a hierarchical structure. We need a... I'm above you. We need a graph about how this is working. Okay. Imagine the tip of a mountain, right? Yep. Like, and the mountain is built with blocks. So the mountain, the top block is one block, and that's Scott. Mm. And everything under that block is controlled by Scott. Or Scott at least has a say in it. Mm. And the next tier has two blocks. And that's you. And everything else, there's billions of blocks going all, spreading all around with a huge long tail. Mm-hmm. And you control all that. Okay. And you're responsible for all that. I'm responsible for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You see how that works? Yeah. You get the hard work, and I get the glory. <laughs> <laughs> Are we clear? That feels familiar, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's how we're going to do that. So I need you with me. And uh, it's about, like she says, this is an evergreen topic. She says this is something she doesn't know. She, we we can do this anytime. So mm-hmm. she just needs to get permission to get down there because it's not like there's tours. Yeah. Uh, and so she needs to find a way to get permission to get down there. And she says she knows a way. And she's going to bring us down with her. And we're going to explore the salt mines and see hmm, where should Scott's chambers be mm. where should the where should the court be where should the hamtramck avengers police station be where should the starbucks be mm. this hint close to scott's place or we can make we'll, we'll extend a branch to cafe 1923 i would prefer cafe 1923 mm. over starbucks 
But yeah, I feel like a Starbucks is important for the rabblement because they know Starbucks better. So like maybe there's a Starbucks in the back. I think we should uh, we should destroy any sort of establishment. Okay, well, except for Cafe Nineteen Twenty Three. That's that's a uh, that's a local thing. That's that's grassroots. That's, that's acceptable. Okay, but you, you we're not doing any chains. No chains. What about within Scott Cass City? If it starts in Scott Cass City and it spreads through Scott Cass City. If it starts in Scott Cass City, it stays in Scott Cass City. Like a Vegas rule? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm okay with anything that grows organically from that. Um, but I don't I don't think we want to continue the the systems that we have currently. Okay, I understand. Like no, like what if it's Starbucks, but Howard Schultz is dead? Did we even decide on like a currency? I, I think Scott cast coins, audible membership, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like we could make it a digital currency. I hear that there's like freeware software to make your own digital currency nowadays. Yeah. We are going to have free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi. Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> no so cell phones though. Free Wi-Fi. No cell phones. You don't want cell phones because I don't want the mass to be drooling bitches on social media yeah i want the mass to be productive members of society because this is this we're living in a fucking cavern everybody better be pulling their weight except for me (laughs) you know i'm pulling my weight by making you all pull your weight and being like this is the ideology we got to go moving forward you know i'm the head right Mm -hmm. i'm the executive functioning of this well you're the executive functioning but i'm the limbic system I don't know what the limbic system is. I don't know. I am. Point is, I've got all power. You're the I'm, heart. I'm, I'm the heart. That's right. I, I pump the energy in the blood. That's right. And the and that. And you're the executive functioning. That's right. I like that. That's a good call, Ian Dixon. That's why you're the executive functioning. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the executive functioning, and and you're doing all that. And I need you in the salt mines. And so we're going to we're going to tour the salt mines. Soon, I can't put a date on it. I can't tell you to expect it episode 50. I can't tell you to expect it episode 60. But I do want you to know it's coming soon. I want my Hamtramck Avengers garb before we go to the salt mines. Well, so that we can have a picture with our shit in the salt mines. Okay, then it'll be a few weeks at least. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guys, like, I'm going to get it done today. I'm going to get the logo done today. And you can order it by the time this podcast airs. If you're listening to us talk. You will be able to order a Hamtramck Avengers thing. And from there, because of the service we use, I don't like buying stock of inventory. I'd rather just do print on demand. Mm -hmm. So they print things when the purchase is made. So you go on the site, you you check out this T-shirt, and they're all high-quality T-shirts. Colonel Master Charles himself. We'll test to this as the softest t-shirt he owns. All high quality stuff. Sabelle, she ordered a Scott Cast hat, said, Oh my god, this is actually surprisingly good quality. I don't spare any expense for my Scott Castigators. I'm building a fucking city for you people. Okay? Calm the fuck down and just buy some merch. That's right. That's right. So buy the merch, buy the Hamtramck Avengers t-shirt. Ian is going to be touring the salt mines of Detroit, and we're gonna be looking at it much like uh, yuppies would be touring a house. Being like, hmm, should we live here? I don't know. Where's the master bedroom? <laughs> Except we're going to be talking about civil structures, stuff like that. We're going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. where do we put the dumpster for the Hamtramck Avengers to tackle people against? And we'll, we're going to give it a try. Like, I'll stand somewhere and I'll have Ian tackle me. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like, does this feel good? Does that feel good? Is that good for tackling? Do you think crime will happen here? 
And like that's a perfect marker, by the way. Like nowadays in today's society, mm-hmm. like 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 when I moved to Hamtramck, I was scared, right? I was a little scared because when you move to Detroit, when you go to Detroit, like, and you've never lived in Detroit, or you, you hear things, you hear things, like everything, like you're gonna get you're gonna get robbed every night. You don't go outside at night. Oh, don't go in the alleys. Don't walk in the alleys. Shit's gonna happen in the alleys. Mm. I've been living here year and a half, two years. Not even a thing has barely happened to me, and I've been walking out at night all the time. Stuff like that. So it's like these the hearsay doesn't work. But I feel like in Scottcast City, you know, mm. it's going to be very obvious where there's crime because we're going to put dumpsters near that crime. <laughs> so if you see a lot of dumpsters, <laughs> like it's a, there's a practical application for the signaling with the dumpsters. Mm-hmm. And 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 if and if we're trying to trick you and stuff like that and say, hey, there's a bunch of dumpsters here, and you look at the dumpster and there's pristine, there's no dents. <laughs> you know we're pulling a trick on you so it's like it's a very real signaling of crime in an area mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of a lot of hits on our dumpster and it's also great because uh the criminals will see that and they'll be like oh look at all those criminals pass look at that guy's head shape it ain't that shape anymore i'll tell you that much <laughs> you know and so it's a very practical thing for scott cassidy that's right yeah I need to get. I've got. I've got. I've got an artist on deck to come up with some preliminary sketches of Scott Cast City. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have her listen to our episodes. I'm gonna describe things, point things out, and we're gonna have some blueprint level sketches of Scott Cast City. Okay. And we've and we've also. I'm also gonna. I'm also connected with some people connected to the universities. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna have them connect us to. People who understand geology, who understand architecture, who understand all these things at a very theoretical level, because let's admit it, this is all theoretical. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get together as much as possible. Like what I've learned from Detroit Songwriter Dispatch is that for a podcast or an entity at all to grow, it has to have a very real application in the real world. Mm-hmm. Once it has a real application in the real world, people are go nuts over it. They go insane. Like, like the people, the response I've gotten for the Songwriter Dispatch podcast, like, people come up to me and they're like, I don't even like podcasts, but I subscribe to yours on five different platforms. <laughs> Stuff like that. And like, oh my God, that's crazy. And it's because there's a practical application in the real world. Scottcast, it seems right now like we're just bullshitting, but we're not. So you're saying we're uh, appealing to doomsday preppers? <laughs> I'm s- <laughs> only in the sense that everyone should be one okay. <laughs> we're appealing to everybody i'm saying we're building an actual our fucking planet underground our planet city. is dying our planet is dying this is going to be needed but even if it's not going to be needed and we're all wrong about this somehow there's still going to be an underground fucking city <laughs> named Scottcast. holy shit like like i've tried looking up underground cities and being like okay let's see some inspiration there's no real underground cities. What the fuck, civilization? No one does an underground city? Like, the closest thing to an underground city, another reason why I went to Colorado, the Denver airport, apparently, underneath it, mm-hmm. there's a vast network of tunnels and stuff like that. And people mm-hmm. have speculated that everything from the Illuminati to the next world order to lizard people uh, use these tunnels. But it's just tunnels, you know? And, like, every underground city, I looked up the Wikipedia article, so I did my research. Mm-hmm. but all the underground cities they're just networks of tunnels to above ground shit 
Yeah. That's not an underground city. That's a network of tunnels. Mm. Skycast City is going to be an enormous cavernous space full of city. It's going to be an actual living city that you can go, and it just happens to be underground, protected from the elements, temperature controlled. You guys, people like L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Because it's always 75 and sunny. Well, it's always going to be 75 and fluorescent lighted in Skycast City. <laughs> and ventilated. You know? Clean air. Yeah. Filtered. All sorts of stuff. So we got great things for Skycast City. But let's get back to Master Charles's Twitch stream. We got way off topic, didn't we? In a good way. Okay. In a good way. It's beautiful. I only have a few notes on Sky. I feel like Master Charles deserves my notes. Broadcaster to broadcaster. Yeah. He deserves my notes. Right? Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. I went to click subscribe. Mm-hmm. I went to click subscribe. It was like 12 bucks to fucking subscribe to the Master Charles Twitch stream. Mm. What the fuck? 12 bucks to subscribe to like a month, right? For, for to watch someone play. I don't think this is Master... I think this is a Twitch platform thing. Yeah. I, I, I might be confused. I might be being an old man about this and not mm-hmm. knowing what I'm clicking. But it was like, okay, like I was on the Master Charles Twitch stream, I was listening, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to subscribe, so I'm going to get notifications over there. And click subscribe, and it's like, $12 to subscribe to the Master Charles Twitch stream. Uh, get a badge oh. that says you're subscribed. Cool. And, and check it out and support a Twitcher, which is a strange name for something. But yeah. support the Twitcher. And, and, and it's $12 to subscribe. Like, what the... F- like that's that, that's not. I, I love you, Master Charles. I eventually found a generic follow button mm-hmm. that did what I wanted it to do, but it was buried. And so, like, I followed him so I can get updates, so that when I'm touching around in my house and cleaning things up, and so it's like subscribing without paying twelve dollars. Yeah, it's subscribing without paying twelve dollars. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and like it's in the platform. Of, so I think subscribing. I think the idea is they're trying to build this community where people game professionally. Yeah, like if you get enough subscribers, if you're entertaining enough as you game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can make a living playing games and talking to people, which yeah. is an interesting concept. I hope my kids don't know about that. <laughs> don't tell them about that. <laughs> don't tell them about that. That's a lot of uh, that's, that's a lot of uh, ideation to put in their heads. You know? Yeah, and like that can't, that can't be a. There, there can't be a large percentage of you people. You gotta making. have a plan B, and that would be like straight excuse for kids to not do anything else. I'm expecting the hugest email bag from Master Charles after this. <laughs> like, you're all wrong about all of this. <laughs> well, I mean, he had 11 viewers at the time. I don't have any beliefs about this. I'm, I'm willing to accept other evidence. Oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that! So he had 11 viewers at the time. Okay. Uh, and that, which just seems like a lot. That's, I mean, if they're all paying, they're if they're all paying twelve bucks a month, that's that's significant. Yeah, that's a great amount of money. That's Netflix and then some every month. Um, let me see here. He was playing like a speed run. Mm-hmm. A little review. I'm doing a little review of what I saw. He was doing a speed run of this game called Messenger. Okay. He played it before, and it took him fifteen hours to play it, and he's trying to do the speed run all in mm-hmm. one thing. And he kept failing. He kept dying. Mm. So it didn't work. So I don't know what people are paying for. Uh, and uh, in the middle of the speed run, a guy asked him about a completely different game. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that game while playing a different game. Well, Inception style. Mm-hmm. For about 15 minutes. He didn't like the other game. 
Okay. I don't know why. I wasn't quite clear. He was talking gamer jogging. I don't know. I'm not too clear on that. Possibly I'm dumb. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying I'm being very critical, but I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I really enjoyed seeing it. I liked it. I liked watching Master Charles. I liked seeing him play. It, it, I mean, we're old high school buddies, so it was, it was like hanging out with a high school buddy again. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. You know, and it's not like he's taking it too seriously. He's got a real job. He's got mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. He's not like pushing subscribes on people or anything right. like that. He's not like Scott Cast. It, but he's like just having a beer and he's just talking with people. I feel like he knows the people who come on the stream, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, what's up, Squigglies or whatever the fuck," and 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 he just has conversations. But then he reads them out loud. He laughs at everything everyone says. You know, even if it's not really funny, mm-hmm. he just laughs at everything. Like, ha, 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 ha. Good point, good sir. And then he laughs, and even more. And then, and then he responds, and then he just goes on to what he was talking about before. Well, I, I can see that how that would be fun, right? Like, yeah, it it sounds like a dumb idea, but like, how many hours have I spent watching friends play video games? And it was right. like, it was a good time. Yeah, it's always a good time when you're with your friends playing video games, and I feel like that's essentially what this community is about. It's yeah. about. It's about bringing people together with games, and it's a, it seems like a very convivial community. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the stream, like uh, he 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 just put he just he just the idea is like he, somehow he had the power in whatever platform he was using mm-hmm. to just click uh, switch to someone else's stream, and he mm-hmm. was like, you know, guys should check. You guys want to keep this party going? You should check out this guy. He's very fun. He's very cool. He's the nicest guy here. Click, and then it goes to this guy's stream. And this guy had a better setup than Master Charles. Mm-hmm. Like he had a green screen going on, so that instead of it being like a picture-in-picture square, yeah, uh, it was just him floating around in the game, being like, "Whoa, I'm playing a game," <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I, when he was playing his speed round, he seemed to be doing good, even though he kept dying and he didn't fulfill his challenge. He was mm-hmm. good. Like, like I could tell that he knew what he was doing. Like he was chatting casually during the whole thing. And like he was talking about things other than the game, even though he was playing the game, and he's doing very a lot of multitasking kind of shit. Yeah. Do you think that uh, like like what do you think kind of multitasking skill that is? Do you think it's do you think it's just nothing to really be concerned about, nothing to really think about, or do you think it's a an act of uh, good skill to be able to play a game, uh, do all these things? And then also completely rant about a different topic all at the same time without missing a beat on either task. You think he's like an exceptional human being? Because he first off he listened to Scott Cast. Yeah, remember this. He's a he's the biggest so, Scott Castigator. Obviously, he's at least a step above the the norm there. He's a step above the norm. So obviously, he's intelligent. Obviously, yeah. he's a person of discernment. He's a good person of good taste. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with the game or. What he was? It was like a platforming game. Uh, It was a lot like one of those old arcade games Mm. where it's a two D situation. So I mean, some of those you you kind of get used to, like rhythms. It's almost muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of them take a lot of concentration. So I mean, it's hard to say if he was able to have like a really super deep conversation. I I would guess that it was. Something that he at least had a lot of experience with that he was pretty comfortable with, like going through the the motions of how the game works. Mm-hmm. But As he said his original run through took fifteen hours. Yeah, so I mean he's he's got some experience. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it was it was easier as he, you know, practice makes perfect and all that stuff. Um, but I'm not ruling out that he's an exceptional human being. He probably is, considering he listens to Scott Cassidy's in the government. That's, that's highly probable. I would say it's more than likely. But then he played a new game. Okay. He played a game that he said he hasn't played before. Mm-hmm. And all of that went out the window. Mm-hmm. He couldn't talk about any topic besides the game he was playing. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about the controls. He was talking about he was talking about what he was doing. He was talking about the rules and the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. because I feel like he couldn't concentrate on topics outside of what exactly he was doing. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I were to say, if I'm going to listen to Master Charles play games and do that kind of thing, if I'm going to be a regular Twitch follower rather than a subscriber, what I would do is I would probably only tune in for games he's really good at already and just listen to that, you know, just and like because it's mostly about I just want to hear Master Charles's thoughts on several topics, whatever topics comes to mind. It's his version of podcasting, I feel like. And I feel like we gotta we gotta get give a give a Scott Castigator a bone once in a while. Yeah. Like if you watch Twitch and you're a Scott Castigator, you know, besides Master Charles, watch Master Charles. Give him a shot. He's got a Twitter. Guess what it is? Master Charles. It's Master Charles. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch it and Master Charles. So what do you think we learned today, Ian? Um what did we learn? Uh we learned a lot. Well, Scott Cast City is uh Digging in our roots, we're going to find a spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've been scouting locations. It's happening. We're going to go to a real location. We're going to go to we're going to go to the salt mines underneath Detroit and check it out. All of you doubters are going to burn alive. Yeah, it's going to be funny. We're going to be clinking champagne glasses underneath, <laughs> the, underneath the surface, salting our steaks. Uh, we learned that Master Charles is An exceptional a loyal human. listener. He's a loyal listener. Through, through his... Uh, his contributions to the email bag. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. Yeah. As well as uh, an exceptional human being. Yeah. Based on his uh, his video game prowess and yeah. ability to multitask. Yeah. I, absolutely exceptional human being. Absolutely. We learned about the Detroit Songwriter Dispatch mm-hmm. and how you can sign up for Detroit Center at DetroitSongwriterDispatch.com. <laughs> <laughs> Also sign up for uh, audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast. Exactly. Look at that. That's why your fan favorite is Dixon <laughs> right there. Sign up for audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast if you want true educational material. Yeah. If you want people reading to you fiction, nonfiction, whatever you think, uh, at whatever speed you want, one of my favorite things about Audible is that, like, let's say, let's say you got an Audible book. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a topic you want to learn. Yeah. But it's not necessarily a super dense topic. It's more of like a guidelines kind of topic. A lot of those books, I feel like they're written like they they're like they're they're talking to their publisher and they're like, "Look, you can boil this down to five points." And then the publisher's like, "Yeah, I know, but we it's got to be like an inch thick or you won't read it on this side of a shelf." Mm. It's just a logistical concern. We can't fill it with pictures. So, they're like, "Okay, you can't increase the font size more than this? No, you can't. All right, we'll just stuff some words in it. And audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast allows you to get those books, set the speed of speech to like five, ten times the normal rate, mm. and you can just right through. And since the most of it's just repeating fluff. the same thing, yeah. fluff, stuff like that over and over, 
uh, you pick really, the main ideas out, and you're you're like good. Yeah, you pick the main ideas out. It's like one of those things. Like you could just speed right through it on your commute, and uh, <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> I did it. I'm so good at this. <laughs> i'm getting amazing at commuting so yeah you can speed right through it and like between work and your home Mm -hmm. and home and work flip them around you learn an entire subject there you go it's fantastic so we learned about audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast today we learned that the hamtramck avengers t-shirt is out fucking now Yes. That's right. Go to Scott Cash Shop and get yourself a Hamtramck Avengers t-shirt and be part of the police force that destroys people through tackling against dumpsters. <laughs> you know, no crime's too small for a tackle. That's right. That's right. That's right. Did you file your taxes late? Tackled against a dumpster. Did you parallel park in a street that didn't... But tackled against a dumpster. <laughs> Did you sneeze? Tackled against a dumpster. I actually had a tax mishap. You had a tax mishap? Yeah. What kind of tax mishap? Uh, well, Hamtramck sent me a letter that I owed, like, $400. Hamtramck? Yeah, for, like, because I didn't, apparently I didn't file a 2016 tax return, but I did. Uh-huh. $400? Well, it was, I, I like, what Was there penalties? Yeah. Mm. And so I called the lady, and, um, I gave her my information, she's like, oh, you have, like, two, uh, we have, like, two, what is it? They had two open accounts with my name, with two different uh, social security numbers. Well, then it's not you. (laughs) And the the numbers were just, the middle numbers were flipped. Oh, so there's a little... So there was a a typing mishap. Yeah. So we got it all sorted out, but I I went through a lot of anguish, a lot of... That's uh, a lot of anguish. Yeah. Like, like, Like getting a tax letter is like almost the worst thing. Because no one understands how, how it gets policed. No one understands any of that kind of thing. And as soon as you get a tax letter, you're like, I'm going to get thrown in jail tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to tackle me against a dumpster. <laughs> it was just a typo. Turned out it was just a typo. Well, that's good. That's good. But it's like, you know, Scott Cast City... I don't know if we're going to have taxes or if we're just going to have required work. Because I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. if I had a city and, like, like look at Hamtramck, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's a lot of people in the city uh, who, who, for one reason or another, might not be able to pay taxes. For one reason or another, might not be able to do this. You know, it's yeah. a very dense city. It's a lot of people. But there's also a lot of work to be done. So what if, what if, instead of taxes... It was like you could, you could, it could get translated into some sort of community service kind of thing. That sounds like communism. What's so bad about that? I'm not complaining about that. What's wrong with communism if it's voluntary? Nothing. If it's voluntary, like, like it's like you pay taxes or you do the equivalent work to each according to their needs from each according to their abilities. Right. So if you could pay because you're capitalist and you have a business and you make money. And you want to pay your taxes, pay your taxes, yeah. whatever. And if you and if you want to keep your money, but you have some extra time and you, and you have some some you know back strength, help us construct our city, build some shit, you know, like go out there with one of them, go, go out and tackle some, uh, some criminals, some, yeah, tackle <laughs> some criminals. <laughs> That's exactly the thing. So we learned about that today. Yeah, <laughs> we learned that communism is good. Who made that quote? 
Is that a quote from somebody? Is that a Karl Marx quote? It was a Marx paraphrase. I, I doubt I quoted it correctly. From each according to his means to each according to their needs. Something like that? Something like that. Something like that. Okay. That makes sense. That's a, that's a Scott Cassidy yeah. kind of thing, you know? Needs is going to be defined by Scott. <laughs> Don't go around saying you need a speedboat in your little underground cavern lake. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. I'll determine whether you got a need or not, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a generous... I'm a kind... This is a kind pod. What... What needs could you possibly have if everyone gets a Jonesy clonesy? Exactly. You know, you get your Jonesy clonesy, you're snuggling with this cat who all he wants to do is give you love and give you snuggles. All he wants to do is be like, hello, hello, I'm Jonesy clonesy, because they're also going to be able to talk. <laughs> and you can tell your troubles to them, and they're just going to give you the best advice ever, and then they're mm-hmm. going to snuggle you. You know, like you go home and that's what you get. I mean, who cares what your job was? Who cares how many ingrates you tackled? That's right. It's fantastic. God, Scott Cassidy is such a good idea. You know, if I die living in a fucking hole, I'm going to be so happy. (laughs) That is the way I want to die. Living in a hole of my creation called Mm -hmm. Scott Cassidy. A great utopian hole. Utopia hole. Some neologisms don't work as well as others in this podcast. <laughs> so we learned that. Yeah. We learned a little bit about Colorado. We learned a little bit about mountains and how they're maybe, um, they, they're very appealing aesthetically, mm-hmm. but they're not very appealing practically. On top or inside. Like, I drove through the mountains with my Jink Wrangler mm-hmm. because we ended up on the other side of the mountains to check out some dinosaur tracks. Yeah. And I drove through the mountains, and that is a harrowing thing to do. Like, driving through mountains, they don't put rails up. Yeah. They don't do that. Like, they'll put rails up, like, every so often, and you can tell the reason why they put rails up every so often is because every so often... Some person flew off the fucking road there, yep. and they were like, well, we'll patch that. <laughs> so, like, they're just patching as it goes. Like, if someone yeah. falls off, the, then they'll, later they'll put the rail up. Yeah. So. I haven't, I haven't been that, that side of the country, but uh, Pennsylvania is similar. Is it? They have, yeah, they have tunnels that go <laughs> through, and then they have, uh, like, very narrow on the side of the mountain roads. Is that an Appalachian territory right there? Yeah. Okay. Same basically, same basic deal then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 drove through Nederland, uh, Denver, Nederland, Boulder. I think those are steeper than than the uh, the Appalachian stuff. Maybe, maybe, who knows? But but it's but it's an extremely similar sp- idea. Yeah, it's scary. Very narrow, very uh, winding, and like, did you get? Did you come across those signs that said the grade? Yep. Oh, what, what kind of grades would you I, I can't her? recall. Like, the steep, ours was like 8 to 10%. Mm-hmm. It was like those kind of grades. And holy shit. Like, like first off, while driving, Sabelle's telling me, oh, by the way, there's a special way you drive in the mountains. I was like, really? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> As we're barreling down a road. Let, let <laughs> like me know. 90 miles an hour. <laughs> With a hairpin turn at the bottom and a thousand foot drop. <laughs> and the idea is you can't, if you're driving, you can't, you can't ride the brakes. You ride the brakes and by the end, by the end, by the time you're at the end of the road, 
you have no more brake pads. Mm-hmm. It'll just rear right the fuck through them because the car is going no matter what. And if you apply the brakes, you're just wearing it down. So the idea is you... You wait till the end and... Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is you free fall. <laughs> if you want to go off the side of a mountain, you go off as fast as possible. <laughs> so you got to tap them on the way down. You tap on the way down. And uh, and if you have a capable... We had a brand new Jeep Wrangler, right? Mm-hmm. So Because it was a rental. And the... And so they, there was an option to sh- switch it over to manual. I didn't take that option because this was not the time to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Good but, call. Yeah. But the idea with a manual, you're driving with a manual, driving in a truck, stuff like that, uh, you switch it down to a lower gear, and the engine, the transmission does the work for you. So Bell taught me all this mm-hmm. while we were driving. And and I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing that fucking well, shit. on the way down, you could just <laughs> go neutral, couldn't you? Uh, no, that's this free fall. That's what that is. <laughs> like, uh, the transmission in a lower gear kind of slows it down. Okay. In a way, the engine kind of, I think, I think I'm understanding that right. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I, uh, pumped the brakes. That mm-hmm. was, that was it. I was like, well, it's a rental. That, we would, got- be, that would be wise regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got the, we got the, we got the insurance, you know, fuck it. I should have just rode the rode the brakes. See what happens. Like at the end of the end of the mountain, like I'm I've got like sparks coming out of the back. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> Insurance, hell yeah, hurts stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun driving through. So we learned a lot today. Yeah, on, on Scott Cast, the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. It was a pretty good episode. You know, I feel like I feel like starting with that. That billboard, that uh, mm-hmm. that high energy start, really helped us out. I feel like uh, taking our time through the topics and getting to the real good parts really helped. It was good to have a, a yeah, that that starting point. Mm-hmm. And it was good to let the alcohol settle while we while we talked. And we came across some good stuff. This is a classic episode. I can already tell. So, from the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, I'm with fan favorite Ian Dixon, and we are signing off. See you later, Scottcastigators. I do. I believe.